Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Today on the Run for God podcast, we're going to talk about what happens when your technology fails you. Also, repetition is incredibly important, and we'll talk about why. And here to help me sort through it all is Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. How's your week, man? It's been good. It's been so far. Yeah. You know, we got this uh, this race coming up tomorrow. So by the time this comes out, it'll be ancient history. So you're leaving right after this podcast. Yeah. There. Yeah. Now remind me where it's at. It's in Lexington, Kentucky. So not that far. Yep. Yep. A little over 24 hours from now. So Hmm. you will be a Lord willing, you will be a national record holder for the steeplechase. For the steeplechase. And that is a 3K? 3K. 3,000 meters. Yep. 1.8 miles. Well, good so, luck. Well, thank you. Thank you. Hopefully it goes well. Yeah. We'll, we'll so see. So you can wear your Run for God gear and all that kind of good uh, stuff? You know it. Awesome. Of course. Yeah. Well, yeah. Be sure and, uh, is Debbie going with you? She's going. She'll be taking pictures, pictures. and videos and yeah. all kind of good stuff. Yeah. And we'll share it with everybody here. Here uh, on the on the Run Club world. Yeah. Now, I will say, I think my chances of, of doing it are probably 10%. Everything has to go just right. But there's a chance. So you're so saying? She's saying there's a chance. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, before we get started, let's talk about this week's sponsor. Again, if you have a business and you want to support the Ministry of Run for God and allow us to support your business in the process, uh, send an email to runlanehollis at gmail.com. He'll get you all of the information. But this week's sponsor is some of our great friends, Front Runner Athletics. As followers, we're told to put on the whole armor of God. As a runner, you also have gear that you need to put on to protect yourself from injury, aches, and pains. Front Runner Athletics is a family-owned running specialty store that helps fit you for quality gear that can help you run and not grow weary. They're also longtime supporters of Run for God. Visit Front Runner locally in Chattanooga on Hickson Pike or for a complimentary fitting or online at frontrunnerathletics.com, mention Run for God or RFG 10 and get a 10% discount too. And they're they're not just a they just don't have an online presence. They have a, a full online store now that you can shop and buy your shoes. So people tuning in, uh, if you don't have a running store in your community, then you can form a relationship with Chad and, and the whole crew at Front Runner online yeah and buy your shoes online from them so uh great people great christian people uh they have support supported run for god basically from day one yep so go check them out yep and and they're good uh community supporters as well i just found out that they are going to be sponsoring one of the north georgia league meets really yes you know we they have their front runner thing they've always had which was always a big huge great meet and unfortunately because of high school governing body politics we're not able to run that one anymore and um so they have decided we we've got to have a north georgia presence we want to we want to be helping the folks in north georgia and so now wait a minute i'm uninformed here so we will no longer be running the front runner meet at is it heritage 
the front runner meet it was in at Baylor School. Oh, so we won't run that one because we we're not allowed to because we can't have Georgia high school teams cannot run with homeschool kids. But I thought they had a workaround before. They did, but they have told them no, they're not going to do it anymore. That's sad. So it is sad. That is so sad. Let yeah. the kids run. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's don't penalize kids for politics behind the scenes you know i i I get the politics and that's all well and good but we shouldn't let the kids get caught in between the politics well (laughs) that's true too but (laughs) facebook post from last week comes from mary priolo um eight eight down 40 to go hi y'all today ended week two of the half marathon training portion of this year's couch to marathon uh, spent the last week in Nashville, still able to do to run during the week, but not necessarily at the prescribed runs. I find it hard to do the hard training, tempo runs, intervals, etc., when I am in unfamiliar territory. I was able, though, to get in the mileage in running on Music Row, through Belmont University, around the Parthenon, and into downtown, albeit too crowded to do any real running. Overall, a great week of running, seeing the city from a runner's point of view. There were lots of runners, especially groups running. I even met up with with, uh, one of the groups after noticing a yard sign advertising the Run the Row evening run. One thing about Nashville, it felt oppressively hot, which is odd to say living in the brutal heat of Florida, but it was hot with no breeze. Oh, and the hills definitely made up for the lack of hard runs. Up and down, up and down. By the end of the week, the hills actually felt easy, even in the heat. Being home now, this morning I was able to complete the week two long run of six miles by running to my church for service. I was soaked in sweat when I got there, as it was warm with a little shade on the route. Oh, and I took a tumble, resulting in some skinned up hands and legs and a bruised arm. Hashtag klutz. But it was great seeing the cross and flame out on the building as I turned the corner near the church. Hashtag all paths lead to God. Onward to week three. For those still resting from the 10K with the unstructured week this week, enjoy it. Use this week to set your mind to the next 12 weeks. It gets harder but it's so worth it. If you're questioning whether you can do it, think back 13 weeks and to your doubts about completing the 10K. Hashtag you did it and hashtag you will do it again. So do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Of course, that's Isaiah 41.10. I can, I can relate to Mary. I've I've run to church a few times, and yeah. well, you get some looks when you walk in. Yeah. I don't think I ever did it on a Sunday morning. I don't think she said what night it was for her, but I would do it pretty frequently on Wednesday nights. Yeah, I would run to church, and our church had dinner at the time, and I would sit down and eat, and then I would go on go into the bathroom and and take a a sink shower. Yeah, change yeah. clothes and go to church. You you just. It's just you got to make it work sometimes. Yeah, right? you just do what you got, fit it yeah. in when you can. Fit. We we used to run to ball games and yeah, all kind of. I know you've done that too. Yeah, you know, you, I've done all. I'll meet you there, honey. Yep, <laughs> I've run in all sorts of places under all sorts of circumstances. The people that say I can't fit it in just aren't trying hard enough. Usually. You just got to get creative sometimes. And yeah. so, I mean, it kind of goes back to what we've said about running and lightning and not lightning, but storms and things like that. It just it makes you feel a little more hardcore yeah it does it you know does. yeah most people would say i don't have time to do it but i'm just going to run to wherever i'm at it 
man, yeah. it steps that run up just a little bit. It does. It makes maybe it feel we're good. wired a little weirdly than most people. But. Well, that's very <laughs> that's very possible. Um, yeah, and uh, the other thing that she does here is she talks about how she wasn't able to get in the tempo runs, the mm-hmm. the harder workouts, and you know maybe she didn't have access to a track if she needed that or wherever she was in the process, but she got the miles in anyway. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you know that's the next best thing, and that's what we. You know, when we had Spider on here talking about our diet, that was one of the things that struck me about him was, well, if you can do one thing better, then do one thing better. Mm -hmm. If you can't make it all the way to the goal, we'll get most of the way to the goal. And that's kind of what she's saying here. And I like that thought because very often we decide if we can't do it the way it's laid out, then we can't do it at all. Yeah. And that's just not true. No, No. it's not. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I love that. An easy run is better than no run for sure. Yeah, for sure. And she's absolutely right about this uh, half marathon training. We've seen a lot of people last year on the couch to marathon journey who at some point in time thought, I just, I just can't do it. I can't keep doing it. And then they just focused on one workout, one day, one run at a time. And eventually they found themselves at the finish line of the Disney marathon. We saw lots of those, didn't we? And, uh, yeah. And Mary's a little ahead of schedule here. We see several people who are, they're on a little bit different schedule because they're maybe their half marathon race is a different race. Mm-hmm. Um, I've emailed back and forth with a few people who said, well, my half marathon is going to be a week later or two weeks later or two mm-hmm. weeks earlier or whatever. How do I adjust my schedule? Um, it's doable. And that's what that's, it sounds like that's what she's doing. So if you're having doubts about this thing, if you're on that couch to marathon, then, then, Quit having doubts and just worry about doing what you got to do today. Well, and I think, you know, we, we have a lot of things that we, we tell people along this journey, don't do that. And this is, a, this is the place where we need to kind of reemphasize, don't do that. Don't look ahead. Yeah. I, th- I think at this point, a lot of people, you know, we're, we're kicking off the half marathon training now and they're looking out. Unfortunately, they have access to all the plans Yeah, and they're looking out there to mid late december and they're seeing 20 mile runs and they're they're freaking out right now yeah don't do that think about th- i'm reading a book right now it's called atomic habits i was yeah. going to tell you about it have you ever heard of it i have yeah have you read it i have not okay well it's a great book i disagree a little bit with some of the stuff but the point is take the small habit the goal should not be to get out and run yeah the goal should be put on your workout clothes and lace up your shoes and walk out the door yeah the rest will happen but so many times we get caught up in oh my goodness that's a tempo run i don't know if i can do don't don't think about that yeah you know what you need to do think about putting your workout clothes on yeah and getting out the door the rest will follow it may not be exactly what was prescribed but just like mary said that's okay that is way better than allowing yourself to get in the weeds about what the workout is and then not doing it at all and i think that's where i know i struggle with that yeah. I think everybody struggles with that we all from time do. to time. And the point is, qu- quit looking too far ahead. Sometimes looking at the, the workout later in the day may be looking too far ahead. Yeah. If, if you're that kind of person that gets wigged out, look to getting your shoes on and getting to the track. Yeah. And then let the workout fall, with, let the chips fall where they fall. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So that's a good way to put it. It's a it. great book, by the way. It's, it's not to. really Christian based, um, but it's. And it's got some things he kind of he, he discounts goals a lot more than than I like because his book is about habits and you know right. process goals he he calls atomic habits 
I say process goals, you yeah. know, tomato, tomato, but, uh, but it's a great book. It, it really yeah. is. So go check that out. Well, you know, I've told you before, I listen to another, a, a guy on a podcast almost daily and he talks about that. He doesn't believe in goals. He believes in systems is what he calls it. But they in, all it, give it a different name. But in the long but it's run, process goals. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's, they're all saying very, very similar sure. things. Their the focus is just a little bit different. Yeah. And what you're saying, though, and in, in what you're talking about is you're really talking about systems. You're talking about sure. getting my shoes on and putting my shoes on as part of the system. But it's not yeah, really the goal. That's well, it is a goal for today at three yeah. o'clock. That's my goal to get yeah. my shoes on. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you I still, you got to have long term goals because you don't yeah. even know where to point the car. That's true. Unless you have, don't that's, have, you know, a long term. That's true. Goals. I'm about to drive to Lexington, Lexington Kentucky. It wouldn't be good yeah. if I just got you on just the road that heads north. You're getting to Ringgold. You're going to be lost. Yeah, probably not good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. We had a trivia question for last week. And as I said, this was one that came from a Run Club member. And it was There is a place in Iowa named after a lady who won a race. What is the name of that place? What town is it in? And why is it named after her? And I gave a hint. It's it's in a park, and uh, and I said, and frankly, the name of the place contain, uh, contains a word I didn't know they knew in Iowa. So, um, I'm the sure. Word you, lookout. The word was um, Mount Mount oh, well, Hosmer. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lookout. Because I, I thought the same thing. I was like. Where is there a panoramic view in Iowa? I know. I, I thought <laughs> I was all flat, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. When Parts it said I've been to. Mount, Mount Hosmer, I was like, what? What? What are you talking about? So, uh, yeah, Mount Hosmer Lookout and Park. Um, and this is the way it's described. It's uh, a spectacular panoramic view for 50 miles of the beautiful, beautiful Mississippi River Valley. Rewards visitors who take the side trip up the 104-acre Mount Hosmer City Park, situated on a bluff 450 feet above the town of Lansing. The park is named for Harriet Hosmer, a sculptress who won a foot race to the summit of the hill during a steamboat layover during the 1850s. Savor the natural splendor of Iowa and the neighboring Wisconsin and Minnesota from this scenic overlook. Hmm. And according to the plaque inside the park, Mount Hosmer is named for, again, for Harriet Hosmer, um, who just apparently she was on this steamboat and they were traveling through. And apparently this was just a stop on the way. I don't know if they're picking up passengers or whatever. And um, they had this foot race and she thought, well, okay, I'll try that. (laughs) And she jumped in there and won the thing. And then they decided to name name the place after her. So, uh, very interesting. Um, she is considered one of the most the most distinguished American sculptor of the 19th century. Um, so she was the first female professional sculptor in America. Uh, she pioneered a way to turn limestone into marble. Um, now I don't know what that process is and how it works, but apparently it's doable, and she's the one that uh, that pioneered that. So she sculpted, uh, obviously rock sculptures. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the stuff that I saw was was fairly large stone, hmm. marble type sculptures. A um, lot, lot like old Roman sculptures. A lot of lot of um, human sculpture. Right. Um, she was really good at it. I mean, some of the stuff she did, I mean, it's really impressive. I don't guess I've ever seen sculptures out of limestone. I'm sitting here trying to think because I thought limestone was more, it was, it has veins all through it. Yeah. That would, you peck a little bit here and 
three quarters of the chunk of follow. I don't know. That's a, I don't know. That's that, interesting. Yeah. So maybe that, maybe that's the process she's talking about. Yeah. Because usually, like, like you said, it's it's marble that they use. But hmm, obviously, a smart cookie. And she had she had a couple of cousins. She had a cousin named William H. C. Hosmer who was a poet, and then another uh, cousin named Jean Hosmer who was an actress. Hmm. And so, uh, just an interesting family. Sounds like a lot of things go. Um, that that artistry kind of runs in the family. She was born in 1830 in Watertown, Massachusetts. If you remember, Watertown, Massachusetts is where they found the Boston Marathon bomber in the back of a boat. Really? Yeah. And uh, so she, that's where she was born, just outside of Boston. Um, her mother and three siblings died when she was young. And it turns out that she was, they called her delicate when she was young. And so the, her father really worried about her health. And so her father made sure that she took up exercise to become healthier. And so she became an expert in rowing, skating, and riding. Um, and so she was encouraged by her father also to take up sculpting. So her father apparently pushed her in these directions to, to try new things and to do, do crazy stuff. And, um, that's where her spirit, it sounds like came from to even try this race where this place was named after her to begin with. She even traveled alone in the Western wilderness for a while. So that's in that day and time, the thought of a woman traveling alone Mm -hmm. in, in the West is she sounds like she was pretty bold. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she did, she did some modeling. And when I say modeling, I'm talking about clay type stuff, modeling, um, and, and studied anatomy, uh, along with her father decided he was going to go back to school and get this, uh, anatomy degree. And so she decided to, to study it with him. And that's where this, the sculpture stuff came from is, um, she wanted to sculpt, um, and then she went to Rome to learn sculpting from the absolute best. And she became friends with people like Nathaniel Hawthorne, Bertel Thorvaldson, and William Makepeace Thackeray. Um, I don't know if you know those names, but those are, those are some pretty famous names there. And uh, this is her quote. It says, I honor every woman who has the strength enough to step outside the beaten path when she feels that her walk lies in another. Strength enough to stand up and be laughed at if necessary. Hmm. So this was somebody who just didn't care what everybody else thought about her. She was gonna, she was gonna chart her path, and she did, um, and and did so in in some interesting ways. And then um, anyway, she's on this steamboat. They have this layover in Lansing, Iowa. They have this foot race. She wins this foot race, and I guess just the fact that she was a, a famous person and she wins this race, they were like, let's just name this place after her. And so they did. Sounds like she sounds like one of those people. You know, there's just some people who seem to cram a lot of stuff into a lifetime, mm-hmm. and she seems to be one of those people who just put a whole lot of stuff Obviously. in one lifetime. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool. So when people ask you, what do you learn from the Run for God podcast? I would I would bet that most people you talk to know nothing about Harriet Hosmer. That's right. But now, but now everybody do. listening knows so about Harriet Hosmer. For it. All right. So we're at the beginning of this half marathon training. Um, like like we just talked about. I know this is this is kind of this is kind of that tough part in training where you're over halfway now you're kind of in what i call no man's land of you know a lot of the newness has worn off but you're starting to to get a glimpse of the finish line especially if you're doing the the marathon but like i said don't focus too much out there you know focus on you know the old cliche put one foot in front of the other let one day go at a time focus on getting your shoes on and getting out the door and the rest will take care of itself 
And sometimes uh, that's hard when you just take a break. You know, we took the two weeks. And sometimes it's hard to get back in that swing of things. But force yourself to do it, and in a week or two, you'll be right back on it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the new website. Ooh. It is, by the time this release, this podcast releases, there will be a, we've kind of put together a focus group. Yeah. And uh, some of the some of you Run Club members are already in there snooping around, trying to break the site. We, we do a lot of testing. We, we, we want this to be the best version of runforgod.com that we've ever put out. It is, mm-hmm. uh, but we're just make we're working all the small kinks out right now. Probably from the time this airs, it may be as soon as another week uh, and, the, and the site will be live. But one cool thing that I really have been digging in the past few days are the challenges. You know, we have the 5K challenge, the 10K, the half, the full, and the couch to marathon. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of our that's our book of challenges. Um, the system in which once you sign up for a challenge now, man, you get there's so much automation there that it will you can set it up to not only send you reminders of the workouts on the days that you're supposed to do them, the classes and those days you're supposed to be doing them, but you can set up reminders. So if you don't check complete, we're we're coming to bug you. Now you can turn <laughs> it off, but I, I encourage you not to. Yeah. You know, it's a good accountability it partner, is. isn't it's, it? If you're like me, I'm a list person. I have a list right here in front of me. Mm-hmm. Well, this is your list, and you can check each step, each workout, each class time. You can check it off, and it's just you. You really haven't been on this side of it much yet, but it is. Yeah. I'm, you uploaded most of it, but yeah. we've been going in and putting the details in. Um, but it's incredible. It is. It is really a game changer on the challenge side of what we're doing. We're still working on the um, the coaching and the, and the classes part. We've got a few of you helping us on that. Uh, a few of our um, longtime coaches, we're getting input from them. Um, but it's just, it's incredible. And the app, every, everything is right there at your fingertips. Yeah. And uh, so we're, I'm, I'm incredibly excited about it. You're working on the the live side even the the thursday night lives will be on the site you can do it from your app on your phone yep and uh, and plus we'll have a you know right now on, on the facebook group when you go live you archive it over to live but it's it's a little cumbersome to get back to stuff yeah well now you go live and it falls into the catalog right below it and everything is right there you can search it you'll put in description so people can hey dean talked about you know shoes a few weeks back well you can go in the search bar and type shoes and boom right there it and is so it's it. uh, yeah. it's going to be a game changer i'm excited about it we're you know we're really going to do a big push for a 5k challenge nationwide that, that will start this fall and it will be on that new site so stay tuned we got a lot of big changes a lot of exciting changes coming here in, in the next couple of weeks I'm pretty exciting and if you haven't checked out j radio yet then um, go check out J Radio. Like we always say, it is the world's greatest digital music platform, and this podcast wouldn't be possible without them. You get up early before the kids for your morning workout. Spend some time studying or reading your devotion. And pick up the kids each afternoon. Whatever the moment, J Radio has you covered. Get your account at jradio.com and download the app in your app store. J Radio, music for every moment. All 
All right, we're back. And you mentioned Thursday nights. On Thursday nights, we have this. If you've never joined us live on Thursday nights, you have to be a Run Club member. But if you join us live on Thursday nights, it's a little bit more interactive. Um, it's a little laid back. It's just uh, just a discussion about something related to running. We went over injuries here not too long ago, several different injuries. Um, and It could be Bible study. It could be anything. Mm-hmm. But it's a great chance to ask questions on Thursday night. So, uh, and a lot of people do. And the and cool thing is they can submit topics absolutely. ahead of time and you'll, you'll dig in and research those topics and, and yep. have the whole Thursday night live on that topic. Absolutely. So. Send those, uh, those suggestions to Dean at run And, uh, we'll take those under advisement for sure. And don't forget to share your story. We are about to read somebody's story here in just a minute. And, um, these stories are fantastic. Mm-hmm. They're absolutely great. And so many people, I've seen so many stories that come through after somebody says, I'm going to submit my story, and it's a year later before they get around to it because they just don't, they feel uncomfortable doing it. Just do it. Just rip the Band-Aid off, send your story in, and it'll make a difference in somebody's life. And, you know, on that note, you, you sent me a copy of an email that you got from a lady, and she was talking about how set me and you aside. But the stories that we talk about week in and week out on here is so refreshing when she contrasts what we're doing to what the rest of the world is doing. And rest of the world meaning media. You know, you flip yeah. on the radio, you hear garbage. You hear, you know, it, it may not be garbage, but it, it may be the news, which a lot of times is garbage. Yeah. You know, you yeah. hear all this negative stuff. And our goal on here is... You know, sometimes we 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 start to step down in the weeds and we pull back because yeah. and we have to consciously do that because we want this to always be uplifting, edifying and telling people stories. We like to focus on the positive God story side of stories. Yeah. You know, you can look at any given stories from two different sides. Mm-hmm. It it doesn't do anybody good to look at the the negative side of somebody's story. We all have negative. Mm-hmm. But what did we allow God to do? How did we allow him to take that negative and turn it into positive? And that's what we focus on because those are the stories we need to hear in this day and time. Like yeah. I said, you turn the, the TV on, the radio on, and man, you'll be depressed by the end of the day. Yeah. So, you know, just like J Radio, you know, J103, they their tagline is shining the light. Well, yeah. that's kind of what we're doing on the podcast side. Yeah. And uh, so... To that lady, I won't say her name. Thank you for, I mean, thank you for those emails that you guys send because it, it does make a difference. It does. It does. It makes you realize that because sometimes it's hard, right? Yeah. Because we all have a tendency. We're human. We all, we all sin. We all do stuff we shouldn't do. And so trying to stay away from those negative thoughts sure. and the negative comments is hard sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but we purposefully try not to do that because we don't want to be like everybody else. Um, that's what we're called to be. So, you listen to podcasts when you when you walk or run sometimes, right? And I think that a lot of people do. Um, I like to listen to podcasts myself when I'm when I'm running. I like my bone conduction headphones that make it possible to do it almost anywhere. Um, and I think we talked about how hard it was back years ago when um, I used to carry a CD player 
every once in a while on a run to try to listen to it. It, it was so hard to do because it would skip and it would just, it wasn't good. It's so much easier these days. We've got so much in this little phone thing that we carry around with us. So do you put your podcast or whatever, do you have one of the watches that you put it on there or do you carry your phone? I carry my phone. Okay. Yeah. But you, you wear shorts where you put it, you have a that's tight right. pocket. That's exactly right. Yeah, I, need, I need to figure out a good way because yeah, I'm running a little bit more now and, it's just, it's tough to, I don't it like is. carrying a phone. I don't mind it when I'm walking. Right. But when I'm running, for some reason, I don't like carrying the phone. So I just yeah, don't. But I do I do miss the the podcast and the things I listen to. So. Well, I found some shorts that I can wear that, that I like. Just that, send me a link to those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will do. Um, anyway, you know, technology is great. Now, technology sometimes doesn't like me, but I like technology. And uh, I've always been one to try to stay on that leading edge, too. I remember buying let me, a, let me Let me pause you for yeah. just a second. For those of you out there listening, <laughs> Dean just said sometimes technology doesn't like him. I kid you not, every week, and I, I poked fun at him this morning, when we're getting ready to do this podcast, he pulls up his computer, he opens it up, he plugs in the microphones, and he says, it's not working. <laughs> every single week he didn't do it this morning because i beat him to the punch but uh i just thought that was humorous because it always does work but he he forgets that it's gonna work so yeah anyway. yeah there's always something yeah yeah <laughs> i tell people that uh you know at the church we do the the sound and the stuff at church and i tell them there's gremlins in the system because it seems like you know you, you leave it set up like you want it and then when you turn it back on it doesn't work the same way that it did when you when you turned it off and i'm just i'm convinced that i do that with soundage i run sound at church and i'll leave it just like it is and the next week i'll come in and they'll say nobody's been in the sanctuary i'm like somebody has been in here and monkeyed with this thing because nothing's like it was when i left well that's not the, that's not usually for us it's the stuff is still set up like we left it but it doesn't work the same way. Like there's a there's some feedback or something, and I don't know if it's the way people sit in the sanctuary or what it is. But anyway, uh, I just I, I think that one of the coolest things about the podcast about listening to music when you run is I think it has made it easier for people. There's some people who just they really struggle with the idea of running, and it helps them to be able to do it. Uh, and and so I really I like technology for that reason is because it's allowed people to do it that have never done it or maybe couldn't have done it without it well i'm amazed at how many people listen to this podcast while they run yeah um, crazy I mean, that's, that's kind of humbling it really is yeah anyway this week um this week's story is kind of about what happens when your technology stops mm. working. And this comes from Carla Carr. You've heard her name before. You've seen her on the website, uh, the uh, Facebook page. And this one is called When the Music Stops. I woke up this morning with a heaviness on my heart and feeling tired. As I put my glasses on, I spied my running gear I had laid out the night before. Motivation. What drives me? This morning, it was not my clothing laid out. It was knowing that I had an easy three-mile run to do for week eight, day three of the 10K challenge. And it was cool this morning after rains had pulled the humidity out of the air overnight. I pulled on my gear and checked my sugar, 111. Perfect for a wake-up sugar. A little low for a run, but with a yogurt bar and some water, I'd be good to go. 
I got to the rail trail and began my stretches before running. There were a few cars there already at 7 a.m., and I was late in the game starting. I had committed to today's run, so I started off. My music wasn't really motivating me today either. I just wanted to get done. I have a busy day for work, and I need to get finished so I can move on to the next thing. The first mile is rough, but mile two is easier. This is typical for me. I just have to push through the first awful mile to get to the good feeling of knowing I'm doing the right thing for me. I have my run for God tank on, and I know my life is more than just a physical run today. I'm in a race to reach others for Jesus, to share the good news, to be the light that is so lacking in the world around me. Around two and a half miles, my downloaded music player started acting really weird. A few seconds of a song would play, then another few seconds of another song, and so on for about five songs. And then a whole song would play, but the process started over again, and I was getting frustrated with the player and the phone earbuds. I switched to Dean's playlist on J Radio, hoping that that would work. But even after his first song, nothing else would play right. I couldn't even get J Radio to come up on my phone. It was like my run tempo was not supposed to be with the music on my phone, but rather with the nature sounds around me. I took my earbuds out and mentally said to God, I don't run as fast when I don't have music in my ears, God, and I don't like to listen to the birds twittering and the ditches draining as they distract me from what's important right now. His gentle reminder was, I have always been faithful to keep you going. Why would I stop now? And... Perhaps you're rushing too much and need to listen to the world around you. Ouch. I began to argue back. But God, I need to speed my runs up. I don't want to be slow. And he replied, what is slow? The snail still gets to where it's supposed to go when I direct it. That hurt for real. What was I in a rush for? At 45 years old, I'm not going to be a world-class athlete. Today's run was supposed to be easy, so not at my peak race anyway. And where did I have to be in the next 20 minutes that I couldn't take the time to listen to nature and what God was doing in and around me? So often I find myself running to the next thing, the next meeting, the next practice, the next social event. But I don't take the time to focus on the here and now where I am and who I am with. The reminder God gave me today was to slow down and see around me, not just on the running trail, but in my job my home, the local Walmart? Is there someone who needs to talk? Someone who is hurting and doesn't know Jesus is available to them. I can't show them my Jesus light if my speed is making the flame flicker down like a candle when the wind blows it. What about you? Have you found yourself rushing from thing to thing and not knowing where you are or where you have been or even who you talked to at the last event you went to? It's been a challenge to come back to social life after being in COVID quarantine, but after listening to a few of the podcasts of Run for God during that time frame, I realized that I love that time of slowing down. God gave us a gift in that time, but did we realize it at the time? We were with our families more. We ate more meals around the table. We talked and about the stress of not knowing, but how we relied on God to take care of us. Life now is different because we are going back to that pre-COVID normal. But I'm not so sure I want to go back to the normal that we had before. before. God's normal is slower paced. And I need his gentle reminders when my radio died on the trail today. Hmm. That's a 
that's a great story, Carla. Um, there's a lot of reminders in there that it seems like we so quickly forgot yeah. coming out of COVID. Um, because we've talked on this podcast about yeah. all the blessings that did come out of that. Mm-hmm. A lot of being what she just talked about. But we, we need to be reminded of that often. Yeah, I think we do. And we do. And I think it's awesome when we can see the obvious Holy Spirit working. And that's just what was going on here with her. Just, the, you know, her her whole attitude of, of rush, 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 get to the end, get to the end, where God just interrupted that. And mm-hmm. um, and so often he, he tries to do that. Sometimes we just rush right through it. And then sometimes like this, um, maybe he uses a little bit different tactic that gets our attention. How often do we let the smallest things derail us, though? I mean, she was talking uh, about the MP3 or the her player, whatever, whatever she was using, you know, I went out yesterday to Grove level and I was going to on the cross country trail and I was, I was going to run there and, you know, I pull up, I pull down to the big tree. I park under that big tree cause it's shaded. And, uh, I mean, I just put the truck in park and the bottom fell out of it mm. and it was rain. I mean, just raining. And I thought, I'm just going to go by to the house and wait till the rain subsides. And then I thought about all the times we've talked about running in the rain. Yeah. And he, I, I don't mind running in the rain when it starts raining while I'm running, but I don't like to get out of my truck when it's pouring down. That is hard. It's it harder. Is. Yeah. But I did it. And yeah. man, it was just, it was incredible. No earbuds in, no, just yeah. me and the sound of that rain. And it was, it was incredible. But so many times we'll allow those little things, whether it's rain or your, your music's not playing like you want, you know. Lay it down. Just go run. Yeah. And uh, there's there's something incredible about the simplicity of what this sport is. And it's um it's it's liberating that you can we can take the most simple form of the sport that we love and many times that's the best way to do it. Now yeah. it's great to have podcasts and all that stuff, but we don't need to let that stuff derail us. Yeah. Yeah, for you sure. You know, a, your watch malfunction. I've had that derail me before. I watch it and run it. My watch it and where it, it doesn't count if I don't have my watch. I've turned around and went home because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just had a run just yesterday. Actually, I decided not to turn my watch on. Yeah. I'm just, I just wanted to run as easy as I felt like running. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, so I just turned my watch off and I just ran. And, uh, sometimes I like to do that when I know I need some rest. And, uh, that's, yeah. that, that's what I did. Yeah, this is a great reminder, Carla. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and she's talking about not being a world-class athlete. That's something we all need to keep in mind. We all want to be the best we can. Well, I say we all. Most people want to be the best they can be. I get that. And I want to be the best that I can be. But we don't need to be worried about being world-class runners. Let's just do the best we can with what we've got. and Be better than you were yesterday. That's right. That's right. We need more of that, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, because so many times we're worrying about. Again, that's a little thing that we don't need to worry about. So, uh, which you know, one of the things that I find interesting is that I don't see a great correlation to getting faster with running faster on easy runs anyway. And so we, we, but we obsess over just a, a you know, just a three mile run. In this case, we obsess over a pace and it's like, you, you, it doesn't matter. I've seen people do heart rate training where they're purposefully keeping their heart rate at a certain level. And they are surprised at how slow they're running mm-hmm. to keep their heart rate down at the level they they want to keep it at. And, but ultimately if they stay with it, mm-hmm. they wind up improving a lot sure. by running slower. Yeah. I've seen it all Sometimes the time. Sometimes you got to run slow to go fast. That's right. 
Isaiah 55, 12 says, You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. You know, I, I call this chapter in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 55, I call this the just listen to me chapter. <laughs> because if you think about what all is in this chapter, you know, just last week, you know, we talked about somebody used this chapter in last week's podcast, but we were looking at uh, verse six and seven, where it's mm-hmm. seek the Lord while he may be found um, and call upon him while he was near. So it's it's like, listen up here. And then you go into the famous verse for my thoughts are not your thoughts. My mm-hmm. ways are not your ways, says the Lord. And then we go down into talking about in verse 11, that the, the word of God shall never return void. Yeah, and then we go into this, and it's like God is God is just saying here, just listen. Yeah, I've got this, and it's there's so many of these chapters in the Bible that <laughs> it's like it's like when your parents when you were young and they say listen to me, and and that always got our attention. Yeah, but so many times the Bible's full of that. It is. It's either Jesus yeah. or God saying listen. Yep. Listen up, and. We, <laughs> and this was we need that. Yeah, and this was just like us. This was at a time when the Israelites were captive in Babylon mm-hmm. and they needed to to go back home mm-hmm. and a lot of them had gotten comfortable mm-hmm. in their captivity and they just wanted to stay there because it was comfortable. Mm-hmm. No, even though they knew that God wanted them back where they belonged and he was making it possible for them to go back where they belonged. And yet it was like, well, I don't want to do that because it's going to be uncomfortable. And that's when he's reminding them of all these things. Mm-hmm. And so it's a, it's a lot like our running, right? Sure. It's where we're, we just don't want to get outside the comfort the couch of the couch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for sure. Um, but God is saying, do it and it's going to be worth it. Right. And that's where we just like our running, we realize after we get done, after you got done running in the rain, this was, was awesome. Like, this was great. Yeah, yeah. But the but few, we have amnesia. Yeah, it's like it's, the next time it'll be raining, I will have the same thought. Mark my word. I'll yeah. be like, oh, I don't want to get. I don't want to get my shoes wet. I, I got to get back in my truck. I'll be soaking wet. All these things. I don't understand why is it we do that. Why is our brain wired that way that we can have all these wins? And know how good it feels to go through whatever said pain is. But two days later, we can we can be confronted with the same exact issue, and we'll revert back to where we were two days before. Yeah, I, I for some reason God made us that way. Yeah, but that's that's one of the questions when I get to heaven is, God, God why did why did you do that? <laughs> we we never learn sometimes. No, we don't. Hebrews 10.23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. It's funny how God works. Um, you know, we went over a parable in uh, chapter, Luke chapter 11 this past week at church. It's really a lesser known parable, not one we really talk about much. And it's, it's about a man who, he has some company, and the company comes in, and he doesn't have food. Well, in that day, the tradition was that if you got company, if somebody was traveling and they stopped at your house, you provided them a place to stay and you fed them a meal. Well, he didn't have a meal. It's midnight. And he decides to go to a neighbor's house 
to knock on his door to ask him for some food because that was the right thing for him to do was to provide food. And the neighbor's like, what are you kidding me? I'm sleeping. Me and my family, we're sleeping. And, um, you know, get out of here, basically, is what he's saying. And then the verse, verses 8 through 10 in chapter 11 says this. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shame, shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks the door will be opened god is saying this unswervingly that that he's talking about in here he's saying i don't care what it takes persistence be persistent be annoying if you have to be whatever you got to do just do it be a squeaky wheel if that's what you got to do and uh, we don't want to do that we don't want to be the squeaky wheel we don't want to how many times do we not I can think of something right now off the top of my head that, that I don't want to mention, but something where I know all I need to do is remind this person of this thing. And, but you feel guilty reminding them of that thing because you don't, you don't want to turn somebody off who's doing you a favor, you know? Mm. And, and a lot of times that we, Oh, it's we, one of those. Yeah. 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 We, we do that all the time. It's like, yeah. I don't want to bother somebody, you know? Yeah. And the truth is, is a lot of times they want you to bother them. Yeah. Yeah, I had somebody ask about something. I had somebody, they, they were asking about something. They knew I had something in, in storage, and they asked if they could buy it from me. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll get that out for you. Well, a week went by, and I got another message. Hey, did you ever get that thing? And I'm like, oh, man, I forgot about it. <laughs> but it didn't make me feel bad that they asked again, right? You're glad they reminded I, I'm glad they reminded me. Well, guess what? I forgot again. And then I didn't get a, didn't get another message. And I know what this person was thinking was um i don't want to i don't want to bug him yeah. i don't want to bug but i wish he, I, I wish they would have yeah uh, but anyway i finally got it out this morning or last night so well the king james says let us hold fast in us instead of unswervingly and it made me think about um kind of a story i told i don't know if it was on this podcast but i made the statement one time true boldness is putting your faith into action when the only thing you have to fall back on is what you claim to put your faith in. And I think this this applies here. Let us hold fast. Let us hold boldly to the hope we profess. We say we believe the Bible. We say that. Mm-hmm. But do we do it a lot of times? And I'm reminded of the, the example that I gave when I said this was um, Nick Walenda. Do you remember the name yep. Nick Walenda? He's the guy that walked across the Grand Canyon on a tightrope with no net. Mm-hmm. Nick was a great example of true boldness. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people have walked across the Grand Canyon on a tightrope, but they've always had a net below them. Well, to me, that's not real boldness. I yeah. mean, the Hollywood theatrics of it, yes, it could be, but they've got a net. It's not really true boldness. They're not really putting their faith. They're not really. They're not really putting their. Um, the only thing they have to fall back on, they have something to fall back on, is what I'm trying right. to say. But in the other, they have a net. Yeah. But Nick, he said, I'm a great tightrope walker. He had faith in what he was saying, mm-hmm. and it was proof because he was bold. Yeah. He got up on that rope, he stepped out, and he walked across the Grand Canyon where the, the stakes were death. 
Yeah. It was either you're a hero, everybody's going to think the world of you, or you're dead. Yeah. That is true boldness, and that that is what God asked us to do. Let us hold fast, unswervingly, boldly to the hope that we profess. We say we believe in Jesus. We say we believe every word that the Bible we say that we're supposed to live our life according to what the Bible says. Well, the Bible says all these things that we just kind of, I don't know if we stick our head in the sand or say, well, you know, that probably doesn't apply to me. Be bold. You know, the, the Bible says that we're to go and make disciples. But yet we get in the position. I just talked to a gentleman last week. He's got a friend who is on his deathbed and he knows the gentleman is not saved and he don't want to bother him for lack of better words Mm. he doesn't want to he doesn't want to bother him yeah and and this this guy's a a sunday school teacher at my church and i understand the concept he's saying yeah the guy's on his deathbed he's got a lot of things he's dealing with he has mentioned it and he's told him if he ever wants to talk yeah to reach back out but this is the point in somebody's life i mean this guy's got a month or two to live yeah i don't care if i make you mad yeah I, I say that I, I say that, but when I get situation. in this person's position, I, I'm probably going to be a little bit more like him. And well, I don't really want to bother him. And I, I reminded my friend. I, I, I sent him a message after we had it was at a Bible study, and I sent him a message after, and I said, "Look, I said, I, I would urge you to get a little more confrontational because the guy's life is on the line. Yeah, his eternal Literally. life, yeah. life on life on earth." Is over in a few weeks, and it's it's over. What's the worst that could happen? What is the worst that could happen? And we mm. need to look at people. I'm, I'm getting off on a tangent, but yeah. the point the point goes back to we need to be bold because we claim that we believe all of this. Well, if we claim we believe all this, then let it let's let's make our actions show it and be yeah. bold in everything that we do. Yeah, you know where I think I hear people all the time. And please hear my heart on this. There's a time to do this. But when we pray, God, if it be your will. Right. That's. That's a cop out many times. It, it is. And it, we need to understand that if, if we're in God's will, if we're spending our time with him and we just we are convicted, we know we know he's headed us in this direction. Then we our prayer should be, God, I know you have a direction for me. This is where you want me to go make this happen not if it's your will make it happen and that that can be used in in a weak way that's not boldness when we pray that way well let's take this situation as an example yeah and and like i said i'm not throwing off on my friend because i understand exactly where he's at this is an uncomfortable position but i could see i could see myself or many other people praying in that moment god if if it's your will, open the door for this conversation to happen. It is God's will. Yes. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It doesn't say if it's comfortable. Yeah. So we don't even need to. It's kind of like Moses being at the edge of the Red Sea. Stop praying. Stop praying about this because God's word is clear. That guy's on his deathbed. He's on a one, He's got a one-way ticket to hell. And we're trying to figure out how to make it comfortable. Yeah. I'm getting worked up about it, but, and it's because I, 
many times when we're on the outside, I'm on the outside of this relationship. So I can easier. see it so clearly, but if it yeah. were one of my good friends, I would probably be in the same, I would probably be acting the same way my friend is acting right, right. Now because it is hard. But just like we talk about everything, running, faith, everything, the hard things many times are the most worth it. Yeah. And think about, I mean, it, it's getting to the point with this gentleman where it needs to be grabbing by the shoulders and say, look, this is important. I yeah. know it's uncomfortable, but this is, this is the God I serve and this is what he can do for you. He may yeah. not heal you on this earth, but in 45 days from now, the contrast between the two eternities you're going to live is can't be bigger. unreal. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Romans 12, nine, don't just pretend to love others, really love them, hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. That's the new living translation from Romans 12, nine. And, you know, Romans 12 is, is talking about what it means to be a Christian and live a Christian life. And Paul has got this, he gives this list of things we should do. Um, and, and he talks about how we're to love people and not fake it. Some people are hard to love, aren't they? I mean, they really are. And but we're not told to love people when it's easy. We're not told to love people um, if they're compatible with us. Mm-hmm. We're told to love people, period, period, no matter who they are and what they are. To think about that person. Who's that person that drives you the craziest that you just, yeah, who is that person? Yep, that person too. Whoever that person that just came into your mind when you're thinking about it, that person too. Um, but then he, and then he talks about hating what is wrong. And, you know, here's what's interesting, I think, is in Proverbs, there's a list of all these things that God hates, mm-hmm. right? And he lists one thing after another. And, they're all sins. All the things that God hates, they're all sins. Guess what's not on that list? There are no people on that list. So there is never a reason to hate people. It's it's hating actions. It's hating sins. It's hating things that are wrong and bad. And, uh, and standing up for those things. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we're, you go back to the boldness. Sometimes we need to be bolder. And stand up when uh, when when things in order to hold holding tightly to what is good is not just it, it's not just believing what you believe, but it's also making sure the people around you know this is what I believe. The, I say the problem the the problem nowadays is in our society. Many times, the way we need to love people is is harshly. Yeah. It's it's just just like the situation I just talked about with my friend. Yeah. The problem is 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 nowadays our society has perverted that and it's it's saying that if you disagree with me then you must hate me. No, many times I disagree with you because I love you and I'm yeah. telling you I disagree with you because I love you so mm-hmm. much that I can't let you continue walking down whatever path you're walking in without saying something. Mhm. But our society is somehow, and they've done a good job of it, mm-hmm. of twisting that into, if you don't agree with me, then you hate me. And that is so far from the truth. There's so many hot button issues out there right now that I detest. But I love the people. I, I always use my dad as an example. Yeah. I, I always go back to this because so many people will try to pigeonhole me into this one thing. 
you know, whatever that thing is, whatever hot button, we're not going to get into hot button topics here, but I always go back to my dad. Yeah. I loved my dad so much when he was an alcoholic that I separated myself from him. Because you knew that that would yield some positive results, or at least there was a chance. Right. And it was out. Society would say, you hate your dad. You won't even talk to him. No, because when my dad decided to lay the bottle down, who was the first person there? Right. That is not hate. That is love. Yeah. But our world says different now, and we we have got to fight against that because all these issues, we're, we're, we're compromising. We're compromising right and left as a Christian community because we don't want to be looked at as we hate people. The problem is this picture of hate is distorted and we're allowing that to happen. And the problem is we're uncomfortable when somebody, when somebody confronts us and says, well, you must hate this, this person because of this situation, because of this, the way you feel about this thing. And, and if it's biblical, I think it's really important. One of the things that we've started doing in society is we're, we apologize for everything because we, we want to be good. We don't want to hurt sure. people's feelings. We do not want to get on people's bad side. We, we want people to see the love of Christ in us. But when it comes to biblical principles, we should stand up unapologetically mm-hmm. and we should say, I hear what you're saying. I know you disagree. I don't hate that person, but this is how I feel. Mm-hmm. And it's that simple. And unfortunately, we're not doing a lot of that these days and we need to do more of it. Yeah. How about a question? Where do you see an opportunity for slowing down in your life now? What are you being called to focus on more and what, and to focus less on? I think for me, it's simplicity. I, I don't know if it's me getting older. I don't know that that has really been on my mind for a while now is, is trying to cut out the complexities of life. Um, the things that, distract us that i mean i I use the example of the simplicity of going on a run in the rain yesterday yeah that's that's a that's a small example of what i feel like god is doing in my life right now which is cut out the complexities because i've always struggled i've I've always been one to feel like i've got to be doing something and I, i don't think that that is i don't think that is driven by god I yeah. don't. I mean, it's it's good to be busy. I mean, we're we're reading through Proverbs as a family right now, and it talks about the importance of work and diligence. And but it 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 does. But there's also scripture that talks about idle hands and mm-hmm. and um. Well, we talked on here recently yeah. about the the Sabbath too. Right. God, God prescribes rest for us. Right. God prescribes times for us to be silent, for us to not be doing things. And you say it all the time. You got to find time to do nothing. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, and I think that's that's so important. And unfortunately, we're driven by society. It's a whole. It's a, it's back to the marketing thing. It's it marketing makes us want to do more and more and mm-hmm. more and want to accept more and more and more. And then the idea that we want to, we see people. We we go to Facebook and we see people posting their highlight reels and all these things they're doing, and we think we got to keep up with them. We got to do all those things too, and um, and and that all drives all of this busyness and this. I've got to do all of these things, and the truth is, is the only thing we need to do is be pleasing God with what, what we do and how we do it. And, um, you know, I've been convicted 
just talking about prayer life. I've been convicted recently that, um, you know, my, my prayer life needs to be much bolder and stronger. And um, that doesn't happen if I'm so busy all the time that I don't take the time to stop and focus on that prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's just an item to check off, you know, then you blow through it and you get on to the next thing. And that's not what we're called to do. Mm-hmm. We're called to focus. And it, but there's so many things that we can... I heard a statistic the other day that the average American spends two hours a day on social media. 720 hours a year. <laughs> but we don't have time to read our Bible. Yeah. Think about how radically your life would change if you spent 720 hours a year reading your Bible. Man. Most people can't find 30 minutes a week to do it. I'll tell you what I've done lately. You know, I've talked about my my love-hate with social media on here <laughs> yeah. before. I'll delete it and it's back on. What I've done now is I've decided, and it's partly because, well, no, I was doing it before I read this Atomic Habits book. But, I mean, there is good things about social media, and at times it's it's good to get on there and catch up with people and see what's going on in Run Club and whatever. So when, when I find time to sit down and I can say, okay, I'm going to look at social media now. I put the app on my phone. I download it from that. I put all these barriers because anytime it, that, what it was saying about in this book is, you know, habits, the lower the barriers, the more apt you are to do good habits. Well, bad habits, if you put barriers in the way, you're more apt not to do them. So I, I download the app, whether it's Instagram or Facebook, I do what I need to do and I delete the app. <laughs> and it's, it's amazing how, if it's just in between meetings or something, I don't grab my phone and go to flipping because I don't got time to download the app. I have to go to my where I keep all my passwords and find my password because Lord knows we all have 20 million passwords nowadays and yeah. you can't remember all of them. Yeah. So it's a process of things I have to do now to get that social media. And so I still do get on social media, but it's a process to do it now. And I would say... My social media time has drastically been reduced now wow. because of that one thing. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's a, a good way to do it. Yeah. This may be a horrible example, but I was thinking about this. I was, I did this, um, contest of picking winners and the world championships and stuff. And, um, I did really well in the early races and then didn't do so well in the later races. Well, you know why? Because I focused more on those early races. You know, I really th- put a lot of thought into it. And then in the later races, I was like, you know, by that time I was like, I'm getting bored with this. You know, uh, you know I want to get. like th- me playing golf. <laughs> yeah. Good yeah. first hole. Yeah. <laughs> then I want to get done. Right. Yeah. I just want to get it done so I can get on to the next thing. And it's take- this is taking longer than I thought it was going to take. And so I didn't do as well. And that's the way it is with everything. Sure. When we're just doing things to get through it, we just don't do. We're not as effective mm-hmm. in anything that we do. So uh, we can't we can't treat God like he's a checkoff list. Our relationship um, can't be what it needs to be until we focus on him. Mm-hmm. Another question. Have you ever felt God's hand on your life slowing you down to stop and smell the roses? What did you do during that time? How did you feel? Did you see personal growth in your relationship with Jesus during that time? She got her money's worth on these questions, she didn't did. she? Yeah. yeah, she's meddling a lot here. <laughs> Um, 
Yeah. Uh, I, this this is a. I think God's doing that to me even right now. I talked about my prayer life. I think He's telling me to slow down. Um, I did something I'd never done uh, here just last week with with my prayer that that I've never even thought about doing before. That was. Um, I don't know. Some people would think it was kind of radical. I, you know, I've been, I've been praying for Debbie for years now. Mm -hmm. Right. But I feel like I've been praying weekly. Mm -hmm. It's just been God. I just, you know, sure would like to see Debbie feel better, you know? And I just decided, God, I'm, I know that you can and will heal her. And so I, I got out in my yard and while she was in the house, I marched around my house seven times praying the whole time that mm. Debbie was going to be healed. And I'm convinced that it's going to happen. And um, that was that was something that was – that's been a conviction of mine is to slow down, spend more time, and be more purposeful in your prayer life. And so that, that's kind of where I am. Wow. It's um, awesome. Yeah. Well, and I – you know, I've told this story before. About, that's boldness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you don't got anything to fall back on. No, but what you claim to be true. Yeah, and that's yeah. My hats off to you for that. And um, yeah, and, and we'll see. You know, God's gonna God's gonna do something. Mm-hmm. He's gonna do something, and uh, it'll be when He's ready to do it. You know, we've seen Todd's story about how mm-hmm. I, there were a lot of prayers before uh before all that worked out for him and uh it may be this time too but uh i'll I'll, i'm gonna keep going just as hard at it you know i've told this story before uh it's been a while since i told it you know when i left my job i'd been at for 25 years it was tough you know i had some terrible thoughts uh things got pretty bad in my head uh and then one day when i was at my lowest point i just i finally got to this point where um where I realized God's trying to get, trying to get my attention. And I just, it was like, all of a sudden it just hit me like that. Just what are you doing? You're just feeling sorry for yourself. Will you just cut it out, pick yourself up and change the direction you're going right now. But in my mind, I was like, you know, when, when, well, when I made that decision, when God hit me upside the head and said, cut it out, quit feeling sorry for yourself. It's like my whole world changed in the next week. Like I, I had, I had it moment. Yeah. Yeah. I had it moment. Yeah. Yeah. I think we need those. Don't we? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, last question. How has God shown you that what you consider important is not the same as what he considers important? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the, in my former life, I say my former life, you know, back before Run for God and, and God radically, I think, changed my heart is it was money. Yeah. It's all about money. And, you know, I think that is probably the thing that has changed the most about me over the years is, I mean, don't get me wrong. We all like to earn money. Mm-hmm. But that's so far down on my scale now. and. Yeah. That's, to me, that's one way that I think people who don't know Christ 
but know me. My prayer is that they see that. Yeah. And that's evident because only God can do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, only God, there's, there's certain things that you point obviously everything in your life, only God can do that. But there's things that you can point to and there's no way to explain it. Yeah. Only God can do that. Yeah. You know, there's, there's been other things in my life where you can point to and say, only God can do that. And that's why it's so, that's why our stories are so important. Yeah. Because once we realize, once we have those, I had it moments and we start focusing on the things that God says is important, everything changes. Yeah. You, you may not make more money. You probably won't make more money when you start focusing on the things you may. I mean, God can do anything, but you become okay when you don't, you yeah. you become okay with it. And that, People recognize that that is not human nature. Yeah. That is God's nature. And that is, people see that and they're, they're drawn to it. And that's why it's important that you share your stories. You, you, you ride in here and you let us talk about these stories, no matter where as vanilla as you may think they are, it can be one little thing that somebody listening says, wow, that's exactly where I'm at. Yeah. But um, I'm hearing that's not what God thinks is important. It's this. And they may have that I had it moment right then and there. So point being, keep sending us your stories. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, back, back to that example that I was talking about with uh, being unemployed. You know, when, 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 when you're a dude, <laughs> you know, when we get together, what do we talk about? If you just meet somebody. Where you work. Yeah. Yeah, it's either that or it's sports, right? It's 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 one or the other, and and at this point in time, I didn't work anywhere. Yeah, I was a bum in my mind, you yeah. know, and and that's where God just kind of rung my bell and said, um, no, no, look through my eyes, mm-hmm. through my eyes, you're so important to me, mm-hmm. and I've got plans for you, and I can't accomplish those plans until you quit your whining and yeah. you're complaining and you're feeling sorry for yourself. And, uh, and sometimes that's all we need to do is just understand that if we'll look at things through his eyes, everything will change. Good word, Dean. Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run for God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it with the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you are participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or any of our other challenges, or you're just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at runforgod.com. All right, we're back. And uh, I, I had this thought the other day, you know, the East Africans, they're so good. There's so many, you know, the Kenyas and the Ethiopias and the Eritreas and that, that all that all over there. You, those, those folks are such good runners. And here's my theory. Let me see what you think. My theory is this, that first of all, a lot of them have to run to get places. Made me think about it when we talked about Haley Gabberso last not too long ago about um, how he had to run 10K to and from school. Um, a lot of them, they're running from place to place because they don't have any other mode of transportation. But the other thing is, is that track and field is a big deal 
in a lot of these countries, especially in Kenya. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like the number one sport in Kenya is track and field. And so what happens is the best athletes from Kenya wind up being runners. Mm. Whereas in the United States, running track and field is way down the list, mm-hmm. right? If I'm a good football player, I'm probably going to do that. If I'm a good soccer player, that's a preferable sport. If I'm, a, you know, there's there's these other sports that seem to be preferable to track and field. And so what happens is a lot of our best athletes in our country, I feel like, aren't in track and field. If a high schooler can run 10 seconds on the track, they're going to be playing football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they may choose to run track, but they may not. Right. Herschel Walker did a pretty good job of doing both. But, yeah. um, but most people... I think don't. They choose to do one or the other. And I think we miss out on a lot of good athletes. You buy that one? I do. Yeah. I do. I think we have too many options. Options are good, but uh, options. Everybody should choose to run, though. Yes. I don't understand why they wouldn't. My goodness. (laughs) You know, the cool thing about running is it's something you can do forever, whereas football you can't really do forever. Right. So, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely the sport. All right, it's a time for Dean's thoughts, and that's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. Doing things over and over makes us better at whatever it is, right? This one is called, We Are What We Repeatedly Do. We are what we repeatedly do. That's what Aristotle said about 350 years before Jesus Christ was born, and it's still true today. Repetition will make you better at anything you do. The more you do a thing, the better you will be at that thing. Malcolm Gladwell talks about the 10,000-hour rule. It postulates that it takes about 10,000 hours of doing a thing to become among the best at the thing. It is a different take on the same principle, really. When I was a kid, I loved playing baseball. It so happened that we had a huge pile of gravel less than 100 yards from our house at the end of a dead-end road. There was a small pond next to the gravel pile. I would take an inch and a quarter dowel, about two and a half feet long. I'd take it down to the pile, throw rocks up in the air, and hit them across the pond with a stick. And I would do it for hours. I would play games in my head as I hit, hit them one after another. Do you know what happened? I became a better hitter in baseball. That act of throwing a rock up and hitting it with a stick had some pretty useful unintended consequences. If you've ever tried hitting a piece of gravel with a stick, it only takes you about 10 swings to figure out it is really hard. I've tried it a few times since then. I couldn't hit one today. Back then, I wouldn't miss one for 100 swings. The repetition gave me tremendous hand-eye coordination. I only struck out five times the entire season after hitting those rocks day after day. I had the second-best batting average in the entire league. The year before, I was just about average. So, how does this apply to running? Getting better or more comfortable with anything takes time, and that includes running. I literally took tens of thousands of swings to be a better hitter. What makes anyone think they can be their best running self on a few months of training? Repetition is the best tool for being better at anything. Running is inherently a highly repetitive exercise anyway. So becoming fractionally better each step yields big benefits, but it takes a lot of repetition to do it. And that goes for the mental side of running too. When we repeat ourselves over and over positive thoughts about running, it makes a difference eventually. 
Likewise, negative thoughts have the opposite effect. We are what we repeatedly do. The application to our spiritual life is obvious. The more time we spend with God, the closer we will feel to Him. The more we pray, the easier it gets. The more we learn about the Bible, the more we recall we recall we have the more recall we have when having discussions with others. We are what we repeatedly do. I figure I raised my batting average about 100 points from hitting those rocks. I would estimate I hit 50,000 of them. That's a lot of swings per point. Professional runners run 120 miles per week to shave three minutes off their marathon time. It takes repetition to get better. But we never hear anyone say, Boy, I wish I had not spent all that time running all those miles. Even the ones who fall a little short find satisfaction in the work. And those who spend a lot of time with God never say, Boy, I wish I had not spent so much time with God. We are what we repeatedly do. And in the end, it is worth it. It's a great story, Dean. Habits. I would have I would have swore that you've read Atomic Habits. Yeah. After reading that, but you haven't. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> so weird that i'm in the middle of that right now but yeah i mean you knocked it out of the park with this one it's right up my alley because i'm a creature of habit yeah yeah I'm, I'm very habitual some things bad yeah a lot of things good but yeah I, this is this is spot on i just remember i remember that big pile of rocks and that stick that i used to hit them with and i had no idea at the time how hard it was to hit a piece of gravel with a stick mm-hmm. <laughs> it really is hard i can't it's really hard when i think back did you on say it. an inch and a quarter dowel yeah that's a that's i know a small stick yes yes and i mean i would just hit them up and hit them one after another like it was no big deal and uh you know i i don't know uh uh obviously i got good at hitting the baseball because then a baseball looked like it was huge yeah and you, and you were hitting it with a two by four yeah 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 so uh it, it made a big difference and uh but I, I didn't do it on purpose it was just it was just finding something to do in my you know now now kids would play video games yeah. you know back then i was doing something that was uh you know more physical yeah. in nature um but it's hard to change old habits right um it it's it's like our our mind our body it wants to go back to whatever is well i call it the path of least resistance mm-hmm. and i see it all the time people that want to take the path of least resistance over and over and over again and when we choose to do that over and over again it makes it harder to change those habits yeah and i think you got to look closely at you know the the things that are the things that are easy in the short term are rarely beneficial in the long term. Yeah. The things that are beneficial in the long term are rarely easy in the short term. And I think that's why it's so important. You know, the things like running and reading our Bible every day, both of those can be somewhat difficult in the short term. You know, finding the time. We're all up against the clock. Running is hard. Sitting and reading your Bible on some days is hard. And I think that's why it's, it's so important that we, just like I talked about with the phone, you know, I had to put things in place to make it harder to do in the short term mm-hmm. so that I wouldn't, it, cause it's, it's easy to revert to your phone and just start flipping. Yep. It's, it's easy. But when we put things in place, actually the book I'm reading, it talks about habit stacking, you yep. know, in the morning, I am such a creature. of habit. you can ask my wife, I wake up, I get in the shower I get out of the shower, I wake, I weigh myself, I get ready, 
I go in the bedroom, I make the bed, I, I go in the living room, I flip the TV on, I go to the kitchen, I make my breakfast, and I sit down and eat my breakfast, get up, put my dishes in the dishwasher, <laughs> I go to and make my coffee, and then you know what I do next? Read your I Bible. open my Bible. Yeah. Because those other things are just second nature to me. And ever since I've started putting stacking, habit stacking, I put my Bible up against something that I already do automatically every day. Mm. You, We all have to wake up. So what are you stacking right against that? Well, that comes down to your priorities. Mm-hmm. I don't have time to read the Bible every day. Yes, you do. You're just not making it a priority. How close are you stacking it to the things that you have to do? Yeah. Going to bed at night. Guess what's stacked right against it? The same That's Bible the time Bible. with my yeah. family. Yeah. And... That's that's so important that, you know, where do you put your run in? You know, for some people, it may be I eat lunch and then I go run. I do it on my lunch break. Stack it up against something that comes natural when you're talking about running or you're talking about getting in God's word. Because there's certain things you do in your day that are habitual. Mm-hmm. You do it almost without thinking. The closer you can move these these things that we say are important, the closer we move to those things that we do habitually, that's that's called habit stacking, and that, and we're more out to make it happen. I would, I, I don't well see. You're at the point now. You've run every day for so many years, so that's one of your habitual things. Yeah. If there's something new that you want to make a habit, you're mo- you're going to be much more successful if you stack it up against a run. Yep. Doing strength workouts. I think you do those after your runs now, don't you? Yep. You, that's the best way to make sure. That, that habit's going to happen is you stack it up against something else. Yeah, you know, I, I have a protein shake after my runs, too. And um, that's become such a habit that it just doesn't feel right not to do it. Right. And that's where we want to get to, right? Sure. With all the things that we want to do, but that we find hard to change to the habit is find a way to get it to the point where it's, it's hard not to do it because it's automatic. But many of us, with Scripture, reading our Bibles, and with running... It's way down the list on our list of priorities, and we use the term. What's the term? I'll fit it in sometime during the day. No, yeah. you're not. Yeah. You're not. You may some days, but it's going to be so inconsistent yeah. that it's not even funny. You have to take the things that you're already doing habitually and put it right against them. Yeah. Yeah. Good word. At Run for God, we care about more than just your exercise. We care about your relationship with God, and we believe that the music you listen to while you run can help to build your relationship with God. That's why we partner with J Radio. J Radio offers a variety of positive and Christian playlists to listen to while you run. You can find a playlist that is put together by our Run Club members just like you in the Run for God station on J Radio. We're back, and man, the world championships are over. Are you I hate impressed? that. Well, a little bit, but I will say this: I am getting better sleep because the world championships were on till eleven o'clock every night, and they always make sure that they put the number one race that you want to see would always come on at ten minutes to eleven. So you kind of had to stay up because I don't want to see it the next morning. I want to see it while it's happening. So just in case something great happens and you know and some great things did happen and so i just yeah so i'm i'm feeling better because i've got some sleep over. yeah in the tour de france it's funny over story. too yeah funny story 
I was talking to a, a guy that you and I both know. He's actually a commissioner here in town. His son just got married in Italy last week, and him and his wife went to France after, and he said they were uh, calling a cab on Sunday to come home in Paris. And he said the cab driver said, all the streets are closed. And he said, Mitchell, there was some bike race going on. <laughs> I said, you mean the Tour de France? He said, oh, my god! Yeah, that was going on. It was like... I would have went home the next day and I would have, but he was like some bike race, some bike race. Oh, he was in Paris on the last day of the tour de France where they come down the Champs-Élysées or yeah. however you say it. But yeah, That's I just funny. thought that was hilarious. That's that funny. Just, just some bike race. race. Yeah. Just the most famous bike race in the world. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's funny. Well, some good stuff happened. You know, one of my favorite stories is um, they were talking to Jakob Ingebrigtsen afterwards. Now, Jakob Ingebrigtsen is the guy who was favored to win the 1500, but he was also running the 5000, and he wasn't expected to win the 5000. Well, he wound up losing the 1500 and finishing second to Jake Whiteman. We talked about that last week. Well, um, he winds up winning the 5000. I didn't even know that. Yes. So after, listen to this though, this is, this is a great story. So, you know, he's a little cocky, but at the same time (laughs) he backs up what he says. Well, during the race, I'm watching the race. And as, as he's coming down the, the straightaway, they got this view of the camera where you're looking down the straightaway toward the, you know, from the finish line and he's coming down and he starts drifting off the side of the track. I'm like, Oh man, he's going to drop out, which really surprised me because I thought he would at least finish top three. And, um, then I realized what he was doing. He was going for a water stop. They set up some water on the track, and he stopped not once, but twice for water in the middle of the race. <laughs> I've never seen that happen in a professional 5,000-meter race on the track, ever. I didn't even know they set up water stops, but they did, and they set this water stop stop up at, in like lane six or seven or something so he drifts all the way over grabs him a cup of water takes him a drink throws the cup to the side like he's a marathoner did he comment on that after i don't no i don't think he did but it was it was almost as if he was saying look guys i'm gonna play games with you and i'm still gonna win this thing almost like he was saying this is how good i am (laughs) i just thought it was great i don't know what to think about that yeah and so after the race, they're talking to him, and they asked him this question. They said, now, do you consider yourself more a 1,500-meter runner or a 5,000-meter runner? <laughs> We've all known him as a 1,500-meter runner, and that's we, we assumed he would say, I'm a 1,500-meter guy. He said, I've always been a 5,000-meter runner guy. And, and it just blew everybody away. And he's just so open and just straightforward with everything that he says. He says, you know, I run a lot of miles, and, you know, and – He's known for his really high VO2 max. And, so what and, was his time? Um, he wound up running 13.06 or yeah, something like that. Uh, but that was on a pace that was like 13.30 for the first two and a half miles. So I mean, he turned it on. Oh, yeah. He ran a 53-second last 400. Wow. Just made everybody look bad in the last 400 meters. And uh, anyway, it was a great race. but um, And some other neat stories came out of that race. But I just thought, wow. Um he is an interesting character for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and then here's an odd thing that happened was that, uh, you know, the Jamaicans swept the podium in the 100 meters uh, in, on the women's side. And then on the men's side, the American men swept the podium in the 100 meters. So you would assume that the Jamaican women would win the 4 by 100 meter relay and the American men would win the 4 by 100 meter relay. 
Neither one of those happened. The American men lost to Canada. And the Jamaican yeah. women lost to the United I States. I did see the men's race, yeah. Yeah. And it came down to their, they didn't have good enough handoffs. And that's mm-hmm. it's a big part of that race. And, uh, yeah, I, I just thought that was very interesting because you just knew, you know, there was no way. America got, America swept the podium in the 100 and the 200 with six different guys and couldn't win the 4 by 100 Yeah, I, I, I saw it. Canada was like. Their heads were blowing off. Oh, yeah. And they were like, we just, uh, you could tell they didn't think they would do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But they were ecstatic. Yeah. Yeah. And they've got some good runners. Their anchor leg, Andre Grass, he's the real real deal. He won the 200 meters at the Olympics. But, uh, yeah, they're, yeah, it was. (laughs) But you could see the surprise on their face. I think the Americans made a mistake in their order. Yeah. Uh, Marvin Bracey ran anchor leg. And Marvin Bracey's great. He was a silver medalist. He's, you know, obviously a fast guy. But Noah Lyles is so inertly competitive, and they had him running second. And I thought his, his he had kind of a lackluster leg. I feel like if he'd have been at the end and the finish line would have been in front of him, I think he would have passed Andre DeGrasse hmm. and, and won it. But, um, you know, I'm not making that decision. That's sure. USATF and their decision. But um, we can always look back and second-guess stuff. But what about Sydney McLaughlin? That's awesome. Oh, She's my just such gosh. a – I'm a fan just because of her – her post. Yeah. She gives all glory to God. Yeah. No me, me, me. In a sport that seems to be all about me, me, me. Yeah. She gives it all to God. Yeah. Which is awesome. The time she ran for the, I, I remember I, I was watching the hurls race live. It was one of those, it was one of those 10, 50 it races. Like she's out there with a bunch of middle schoolers. Yes. It was that far. Yeah. And when I saw the time, I, I mean, my mouth just hung open. I was like, you can, you got to be kidding me. She yeah. couldn't have run that fast. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she ran 50.68, which would have given her a seventh place finish in the open 400 <laughs> yeah. with no hurdles in the way. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's crazy, right? Um, she's just taking it to a whole nother level. I'm interested to see if she's going to try to do some other things. She ran the four by 400 relay. She ran the anchor leg. She ran under 48 seconds. So how does she do in an open 400? 400? Yeah. I don't know. She doesn't run it. So she's that's, never really done it competitively. No, the, but Why? but that's I mean, the that's the thing is that's what everybody's saying is she needs to do it. But you know she's always been. So if you're a four if you're a four hundred hurdle runner, does the timing just make it to where you wouldn't perform the best in the four hundred? Are they like close together, or could you do both? Theoretically, you should be able to do both. Now, I, I guess you know I don't know about from a meet schedule standpoint. Is that what you're asking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From a meet schedule standpoint, I'm not sure if she how hard it would be to do both like where is the 400 in relation to the 400 hurdles in the world championship yeah well i mean everything's spread out in the world championship because there's only a few events each day oh i don't know um but there's not a lot of people who try to double so it makes me think it's hard because you would think somebody would but but still i mean don't do the hurdles for a little while and just do the 400 and just see what you can do i'd just love to see her try some other stuff i'd love to see what she can do at an 800 honestly yeah i mean you got to think about the lady who was eighth in the world eighth in the world in a flat 400 got beat by a lady with how many hurdles yeah how many hurdles 10 hurdles 10 hurdles <laughs> yeah yeah that's crazy it is absolutely nuts um, but yeah, our four by 400 teams ran really exceptionally well, both the men's and the women's teams. They both won. It was, that was fun to watch. Um, 
and they had this weird thing happen in the women's 100 meter hurdles you know last week they had the weird thing that happened with the false start with Devin Allen mm-hmm. and in the 100 meters hurdles for the women in one race uh, they had three national records eight season bests and five personal bests all in one race which seems unlikely. Mm-hmm. It seems unlikely that in one ra- and it apparently they said it was wind legal. Now you know in in sprint races where you go one direction, um, the the wind has to be less than two meters per second in order for it to count as a, a record. Um, and in this case, it was less than that. But three national records in one race. Wind must have been one point nine meters per second. Y- yeah, yeah. Or the gauge was wrong. Or something else was good, or the so timing system, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think we found out this this time that this this world championships that the timing system can be a little hokey, and that maybe there's some problems with, you know, we just assume it's electronic timing, it's it's exactly perfect, but not so quick, I don't mm-hmm. think. Uh, so anyway, just really interesting. But this this lady who uh, who she set the world record in this race. She's from Nigeria. Nobody saw that coming. Um, so you thought something weird is going on here. But then she came back, and in the final, this was in the semifinal, in the final she ran even faster and set another world record like an hour later. So uh, so now going back to Sydney for just a second, she was the world record she set, was that the 400 hurdles? 400 hurdles, okay. yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, 50.68. And she holds a few world records now, don't she? No, that's the world record that she holds. That's the only race she runs. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought yeah. she I thought she ran something. I, I guess I'm she, wrong. She ran yeah. the four by four on a relay team, but as far as individual events, that's the oh, only okay. event that okay. she runs. Yeah, that's yeah. what I saw. I thought she had okay. I yeah. thought she had another world record. Yeah, that's why I'm saying I wish she would run another one. I don't know that she couldn't set another world record in another event. Now <laughs> so they good. won the did they win the four by four? They did. Okay. Yep. That's what I thought. Yep. And then another controversial thing, the whole thing about Grant Fisher. I don't know if you saw it. Probably not since you didn't see that Ingebrigtsen won the 5,000. No. Grant Fisher was in that 5,000. He was right there in the mix, and you just knew he was going to medal. He looked great on that last lap. He was right there with the leaders. And then all of a sudden, it it's funny. It's funny how you can see something on video, and you still can't figure out what happened. Mm-hmm. But he got tripped up somehow. And it looked like he either somebody clipped him from the front or he clipped somebody from behind or somebody clipped him from behind or he ran into the rail. It's really hard to tell. And, but anyway, he lost momentum and he wound up fading to sixth place. It's like he when that happened, it's almost like he started stumbling and it took him a minute to catch himself. When back you're going up. that fast, any little thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. A disaster. It's true. But uh, yeah. And. and Again, I, I, it looked like to me that the guy from Kenya, Crop, came in and came in on him, and Grant Fisher was trying to accelerate. And I, but I've always said, you know, when it comes down to that point at the race, you just got to be in the right position. Yeah. And Grant Fisher wasn't in the right position, right. I think. So, but anyway, it was. It, I think it's. You know, we talk about how when you have stuff on video, well, that's definitive proof. Well, we had that on video. We still can't figure out what yeah. happened. So, yeah. <laughs> um, well. But we'll see. And I think the future is bright for Grant Fisher because he's young and uh, did well in the, in the 10K and the 5K. And so I'm uh, looking forward to what he's going to do in the future. Hmm. All right. Trivia question for this week um, is this. 
Uh, this is one of my all-time favorites, so, so I hope somebody knows this off the top of their head. Name the man who won the 1,500-meter races in the 1980 and 1984 Olympics and tell me what he is doing these days. So interesting, interesting fellow here. Um, and if you know the answer to that, you can send it to dean at runforgod.com. Be the first one to send me the answer, and you will win a Run Club mug. So uh, send that to me. Do you know that? You don't know the answer to that one. You may, you've probably heard the name. You've heard me talk about him probably, but. I actually think I might know this one. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> All right. Every week I share a reason why running is so awesome. And this is this week. Back to what we were talking about earlier. It can be a positive addiction. Uh, you know, there's a million things out there that we can become addicted to. And many of them are bad. But running, not so bad. Now, it can become too much. We, that's how you, that's how run for God got started mm-hmm. because of that. Uh, but overall running is a, is a good thing and can be uh, can be addictive. So uh, it, it, you know, it can be biblical treating your body as a temple, right? And our motivational thought of the week is this, <laughs> I love this quote. I had forgotten about this quote and I, I don't remember what I was listening to, but I love this quote. It's from George Patton. It says, a good plan violently executed today is better than a perfect plan executed next week. <laughs> Obviously, he's in the war business, so uh, it, it, it's a little bit different, but it's the same it, thing. It's still, it's, you know, we, we just had this conversation, Holly and I, last night about the website. Yeah. You know, we're at that point now where there's all these little bitty things and, and we're trying to get it perfect. Yeah. Get it out. We need we need to get it out. Yeah. And and our run club will help us find some but if we if we try to get it perfect, by the time we get it perfect, it'll be out of date. Yeah. Well, and the truth thing the truth is too is when you try to get it perfect and then some because inevitably something when you got so many moving parts, something's still gonna be wrong. Yeah. And then you're gonna be really frustrated because yeah. you worked so long and hard yeah. on it. And uh, I remember reading, hearing this story one time about a guy who was doing a training program and he had to write 12 chapters, 12 training sessions, whatever you want to call it. And um, he had like, let's say he had 12 weeks to do it. I don't remember how long he had to do it, but let's say he had 12 weeks to do it. And it took him six weeks to do the first one because he was so focused on trying to do it just perfect. Right. And he realized, well, I can't do that for the rest of this. I'll never get it done in time. Yeah. And so he started chopping the time down and getting it done. And what he realized was the ones that he did at the end weren't much worse than that first one he did. Sure. Um, but we, we obsess over getting things perfect. And sometimes you just need to go do it. Yeah. You know, if you back to the, the, the Facebook post we had earlier with Mary, you know, if you can't go out there and you can't get that workout in, well, go out there and do something. If you wait on the perfect weather to go for a run, you'll never run. That's right. That's right. So just just do it. Nike knocked that one out of the park, right? <laughs> All right. That's 124 episodes down. Now, until next week, may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.